On Wednesday, April 18, 1906, Pietro Torresani, an Italian immigrant living in San Francisco, woke up abruptly at 5.12 a.m. There was a big noise, as if it was made by the devil, he wrote in a journal. There was a concert of bottles, 40 glasses, a mandolin, and a guitar. He staggered out of his bed and wandered outside where, I lost courage and patience, and evoking mommy and daddy repeatedly, I threw myself again to the ground as if I had a disease, as if I was drunk. Like a crazy man, I was looking here and there at an infinity of dead bodies horribly squashed. W.E. Alexander recalled how he was literally shaken by the quake until I thought my teeth would come out, while his bed bucked like a spooked horse. I never felt so small and helpless in my life as I did that morning when I gazed upon the stricken city. When I looked out, the pale moon was shining through the smoke from the fires just starting, and I halted in surprise, thinking, I suppose, that she should not be there, that by all tokens she should have been shaken from her position and laid shattered and broken at our feet. We then went up on our roof and found that all the fires were making great headway, and my wife's first remark was, The city is doomed. No power on earth can save it. Many people organized their dazed thoughts along religious lines. It was, after all, an event of biblical proportions. A man named G. A. Raymond wandered around, trying to make sense of the terror as morning broke over the shattered city. Outside, I witnessed a sight I never want to see again. It was dawn and light. I looked up. The air was filled with falling stones. People around me were crushed to death on all sides. All around the huge buildings were shaking and waving. Every moment, there were reports like a hundred cannons going off at one time. Then streams of fire would shoot out and other reports followed. I asked a man standing next to me what happened. Before he could answer, a thousand bricks fell on him and he was killed. A woman threw her arms around my neck. I pushed her away and fled. All around me buildings were rocking and flames shooting. As I ran, people on all sides were crying, praying, and calling for help. I thought the end of the world had come. The quake was estimated at a 7.7 on the Richter scale, with some saying it may have been as high as 8.3 in magnitude. When it rolled through the city, fires broke out, resulting in the worst urban inferno in U.S. history. Berkeley professor H. Moore Stevens called it one of the greatest conflagrations ever known. The fires seethed for three days before they spent themselves, resulting in the destruction of 490 city blocks, homelessness for a quarter of a million people out of a population of 400,000, and the deaths of between 450 and, 70 soul, and 700 souls. Estimates of the damage surpassed $350 million dollars. 
Human achievement and advancement, no matter how impressive, had not been able to prevent the cataclysm. By 1910, William McKinley's assassination and the San Francisco earthquake were becoming distant memories. More sanguine observers of the American scene, including increasing numbers of secular modernists, continued to hope that the 20th century would be a golden age in human history. Of them, D.A. Carson says, in its most optimistic form, modernism held that ultimately knowledge would revolutionize the world, squeeze God to the periphery, or perhaps abandon him to his own devices and build an edifice of glorious knowledge to the great God science. Perhaps the proudest human achievement of all was a fantastic new ship that appeared on the scene in 1912, a luxury vessel that would dwarf a modern airplane. Shipbuilder Magazine called it practically unsinkable. In A Night to Remember, Walter Lord said that a deckhand trying to soothe the fears of one passenger told her not even God could sink her but sink she did. According to James Galleon, despite the absolute faith that some had in science and technology at the beginning of the 20th century, the Titanic struck an iceberg on Sunday, April 14th at 11.40 p.m. Having been lauded as the safest ship ever built, the Titanic carried only 20 lifeboats, not enough to accommodate even half of her 2,200 passengers and crew. Less than two hours after striking the iceberg, the Titanic sunk. That morning of April 15th, the Carpathia rescued 705 survivors. 1,522 passengers and crew had been lost. It came as a surprise to some that, unlike God, Modern technology was not infallible. Thank you for joining me for Inspiration from American History. I'm Rebecca Price Janney.